following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. It is 1.30 on a Thursday afternoon, and Mickey Spagnola, you know what that time means. Time for Mick Shots. <laughs> it's time for Everson to sign on for Mick Shots. <laughs> I'm here. Don't Everson, let anyone know I just the got door. here. <laughs> he just got here, and that's, this is the way we like it. Everson shows up on time every time. right? We know Mickey? when Everson shows up, it's time to push the button to go. <laughs> That's exactly right. When he signs on, when we see his face on the screen right there, it's time to go. And here we are for another edition of Mix Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com. We're on Periscope. I'm monitoring Periscope. So if you on Periscope who have a question or comment, I will pass that along to Mickey and Everson. On Twitter, I'm at CBS11. Bill Jones, any questions there? But... Let's start things off with the news of the day, and uh, Mike McCarthy talked about it in his press conference this morning. Leighton Vander Esch, a full go today? What's up with that, Mickey? That is that, encouraging. That's really news. encouraging because, you know, normally when you have a broken bone like that, uh, you're out a full six weeks before you start doing anything. So the fact that they feel like he can be a full go uh, in practice, last week he was very limited. It was basically. Uh, individual drills, you know, skeleton drills. Uh, but when they kind of got the pads on and started doing stuff, uh, he was out on that. But it sounded like he was going to take part in that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much he does tomorrow, which would be a normal Thursday practice when they actually put the pads on and they do have a little bit of contact to see how much he's able to do that. But if, if you know, it all goes well and they think he can play, uh, boy, it's good to have your middle linebacker back in there and you kind of get everybody doing what uh, you assumed they would be doing at the beginning of the season before he suffered the fractured collarbone. The, it was the first game of the season, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, 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 that's a good sign. Uh, I understand that uh, Sean Lee and Chitabe Awuzie were still with the trainers uh, doing rehab. Uh, and Everson Griffin was not at the open portion of practice, so we'll see what's going on there. Because uh, from what I went back and looked, it looked like he finished the game, so I don't know if something else uh, came up or not. But, uh, boy, it sure looked good, you guys, uh, when they put that dream line together and they basically did it almost the entire second half when they were in nickel with Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, Alden Smith, and then Everson Griffin, those four guys uh, on the field. There's no sense putting, if you're a nickel to me, there's no sense putting those big old defensive tackles out there because they ain't doing nothing. Uh, you know, they're just kind of taking up space, but you don't want taking up space in nickel. You want to get to the quarterback, uh, and they weren't really doing a very good job of doing that. Although I did notice, you guys, when I went back and looked at the game, Neville Gallimore was was had more yes. mobility. He made a tackle. He was on the line of scrimmage. The ball bounced outside, and he ran down the line maybe about four y- yards deep 
uh, into the Cowboys' territory and made the tackle. I didn't see any of that from Don Terry Poe. They need to play that kid more. Yeah, I'm sure Bill won't argue with that, will you, Bill? No, that, that the, works that's for me. That's the OU kid right there we're talking <laughs> about. And I, hey, you talked about him last week, uh, or at least early this week. I, I'm really loving that kid. I like his energy. I like his size. You know, OU and Big 12 weren't known for, for making a lot of plays defensively. But as an individual athlete, this guy's amazing. Uh, going, to, going to Layton, according to what you said last week, Spags, uh, Layton is, uh, well, well, it was, they had to snatch him out of practice last week because he was so pumped up and trying to get, get going. So just hoping that uh, he'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and that puts him in the middle. And then you have more, uh, I think, flexibility with what you do defensively because Joe Thomas, if you need a true strong side linebacker, he can do that. I just don't know that he's his best spot is in the middle. I think his best spot is the linebackers on the edge, either weak or strong. Uh, and, and so we'll see what, where they go with that. And remember, they, they kind of used that, uh, Francis Bernard uh, in a few plays, or is it Bernard Francis? I can't get his name straight. Sorry about that. Um, but but anyway, they, they kind of worked him into uh, some of the linebacking stuff. So we'll see where this goes. But it would be good to have the guy that we saw in training camp that was basically running the show. He was setting people up. He seemed to have a really good grasp of what was going on. So uh, that would be a welcome sight uh, on that defense. So if, if he comes back, if Layden comes back, then Jalen goes to the weak side, correct? Well, he stayed on the weak side. Joe was he playing in the, the middle. Side. Yeah. But now he won't have to worry about uh, bringing in the call from the sideline. The, the, the uh, communication system will go into Layton's uh, helmet at middle linebacker. Well, let me, ask, let me ask you this, Mickey, because uh, Mike Nolan, it, it kind of – it's – more of a we talk about a, more of a like a hybrid type defense. Could they go more to a four three base defense with Leighton Vander Esch back in the middle and then Jalen at, at the will um, and then and work it better that way uh, because that five man front wasn't working. In fact, this past week, uh, Alden Smith the, the previous week he was playing on the outside. In that five-man front, this this week they moved him into a five technique when they went to a five-man front, which which helped because the week before you had three big guys there in the middle, and obviously it just wasn't working as for, against the run game that Cleveland presented. Yeah, Bill. The, the thing I noticed going back and watching the game is they they started off trying to play a the three-four front, and right. it just wasn't working. Uh, right. And and by time the second half started, I didn't see hardly any three four fronts uh, I, it was basically a four-man front uh and then maybe they would if they wanted to go heavy they stood up one of the defensive ends as a as a linebacker i, I think that works so much better than than trying to play that three the, the guys aren't the right side i mean they're they're heavy enough but they're not they don't have the length to play that position uh as three four defensive ends that's right uh, so uh, I, I think that's more than I think it's more than mentality, Spags. I, I think it's more of a mental thing uh, than it is physical. They're just not accustomed to the technique itself. When you've been taught to have that track stance going, 
get to the quarterback, when you set the edge, it's really going to be tight. It's not going to be a floating edge. That's the way a defensive end is taught. He's taught to blow it up. When you start telling me that I have to make sure no one gets outside of me and I can't be aggressive, I can't go forward, then that just kind of messes them up. And instead of them react, instead of them acting, they're reacting. And that once you start to react, then you hesitate. That hesitation gets you outflanked. And then we have what we have with running backs going down the field on the outside. I just felt like watching those first several games that that defense was playing catch more so than attacking. And, and they weren't very good at playing catch, by the way. And by the way, uh, to start off the Giants game in that 3-4 defense, the personnel that the Cowboys had to start the game at the defensive ends, Demarcus Lawrence lined up at right deep, uh, as the right outside linebacker in a 3-4. Dorrance Armstrong was the left outside linebacker in a 3-4. And then up in the three inside guys, you had Alden Smith, uh, Don Terry Poe, and Tristan Hill were your three down linemen. The two five techniques were Alden Smith and Tristan Hill with Don Terry Poe on the nose. And that's the way they started that game in that 3-4. And now, you don't, and now you don't have Tristan, and, and now you don't have Tristan Hill. So that's right. Right. How, how did the Giants start off personnel wise, guys? They were they were in uh, on offense. They were in twelve personnel, and so that's why the Cowboys were in their base, which was a three four. Gotcha. So it was gotcha. first couple of plays. They had two tight ends, and then they went uh, with their nickel package, and that's when uh, obviously the Cowboys are in a four man front at that point. Uh, but I, I and. I just I, Vander the return of Vander Esch, and we'll see where he is if he'll be able to play on Monday night or not. But I, it will add so much uh, to this uh, defense, I think, to have him back. Of course, the, the biggest thing is they got they not only need him back, but they need him back for the long term too. You know, and the other thing they did, and they lapsed into it, and I think Mike Nolan pointed it out. You know, they started is it not in the second half at some point they started implementing a dime defense. And, and so what they were doing is they were taking uh, one of the safeties, bringing him up front, and then Jalen and one of the safeties were kind of in the gaps on the line of scrimmage. So you didn't know if they were dropping into coverage or if they were coming uh, as a pass rusher. Uh, and, 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 and I guess in the back they were probably playing a little bit of zone, uh, but they were using six DBs uh, back there at times. And so... Uh, I don't, I don't know if you employ that to try to confuse a young quarterback. Uh, all I know is you're going to have another second-year quarterback this year, uh, just like Daniel Jones was last week. Yeah, but he won't be just like Daniel Jones. No, he will not. <laughs> you're As a matter of a fact. Totally different kid. Totally yeah. different kid back there. I think the only advantage we may have, and I'm sure everyone thinks that every week, is just the size uh, factor. Hopefully we can surround him enough to where we can make that uh, throw out of the pocket like throwing out of a well. Uh, he had a couple. Of, he had an interception last week that was batted down at the line of scrimmage or batted up into the air, and it was intercepted by a D lineman or a linebacker. So, you know, we could look for that. I mean, that's keep him in the pocket, look for that. But that's easier said than done because people have been trying to do it all his career, and they hadn't worked out yet. You know, he's, he's already rushed for 296 yards, so he, in the NFL he ranks 16th. 
but he's got more yards rushing than any other quarterback uh, in the league, and that includes Lamar Jackson, who's the next guy. He's got 58 yards more than Jackson does rushing, and he's ran for five touchdowns. So, you know, we talk about his ability in the pocket, and but, boy, he can get out, and that will cause you a problem. Tyrone Crawford was talking about it yesterday, uh, how this the, the pass rush, uh, you, you have to be uh, consistent. You have to stay in your lanes. You can't collapse uh, because if he bounces outside, you're going to have problems because linebackers can't run with him. Uh, and I guarantee you there's some safeties that can't run with him either. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is he leads the league in yards per carry. Uh, amongst everybody, you get 7.2 yards per carry and on 41 carries uh, so far this season. So, and it's, it's uh, not scrambles, guys. These are design right. runs. Design runs. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And we got, uh, by the way, I was telling Bill Everson, we were talking about Murray playing at AT&T Stadium, and I saw that uh, the vice president of media relations uh, sent out this little note on his uh, record at AT&T Stadium. He's 6-0, and 5-0 and all time uh, at Allen High School. Three, and, uh, three of those were winning state titles. And then in his college, uh, one time in college at Oklahoma, one and zero, winning the Big Twelve championship. So he's not lost a game at AT and T Stadium. I was at two of those games, by the way. So I can, I can, I can confess and 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 I can tell you just exactly how those games went. He's an amazing player. Uh, I told you guys yesterday. I I pulled against him every time I saw him play, <laughs> and uh, he made a believer out of me. By the time he got to Oklahoma. I don't know what the heck went on at A&M, but they had no idea what they had. I know they had a lot of chaos going there at that time. But the best thing that could have happened to Oklahoma was the chaos at A&M. And, boy, he did everything he could to make those Sooners winners. That's right. In fact, uh, the thing about it is um, Kyle Allen was at A&M when Kyler Murray was at A&M. And Kyle Allen, who's, of course, now with the Washington football team, started last week. And the Cowboys will be playing Washington next week. We'll see if Kyle Allen, where he is health-wise, whether he's he'll be playing. Uh, but uh, Kyler and Kyle Allen were came in together, and they couldn't make a de- decision on which guy they were going to use at A&M. And both of them wound up transferring out. Kyler went to OU, and Kyle Allen went to Houston. Uh, and they had a so. third quarterback, I believe. It was Hill, right? Well, Kenny Hill was there, um, and and he, he ended had, up at TCU from not TCU, mistaken. and he played well at TCU, and he was he was before Murray and Allen. He was prior to them. What so, are you trying to say? I remember, say? His, I remember his first too. game. I remember his first game. I think it was against South Carolina, and they were getting That's right. He, he was lights like out, four hundred and fifty right. yards passing or something crazy. Like what that. are you What are you trying to say about A and M? Well, they, they screwed they, up. <laughs> they screwed up. Three times they screwed up. <laughs> well, and, and here's the deal, and, and not to get on college talk so much, but since we're talking Kyler Murray, and um, A&M had the greatest opportunity in the world after Johnny Manziel was there because they were on the map. They had just moved to the SEC. Manziel wins the Heisman Trophy, and they blew it as far as their quarterback situation is concerned. And OU is in the same position here the last few years, when they took on Baker Mayfield, he wins the Heisman. They get Kyler Murray, whatever. 
and they were able to make it to the college football playoffs. And so Lincoln Riley has had an, has has taken advantage of that because, as you know, whether it's in the in college football, the NFL, or whatever, especially in college football, as far as recruiting goes, <laughs> you know, when you those those kids, they don't remember what happened in in 2000, 2005. They remember what happened in 2015, okay? Or the ones coming out this year, they remember what happened in 2019. And so you better take advantage of that. And A&M <laughs> did not take advantage of it because they had some disarray uh, and, and weren't making the right decisions on their coaching staff. There was indecision yep. there. Yeah. Uh, all right, so it's almost break time. Mickey, you had something. Uh, we'll, we'll talk DeAndre Hopkins. How about yes. that? Let's talk Hopkins when we come back here on Mix Shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Craving AT&T Stadium's famous Cowboys cheesesteak nachos or Cowboy Rita when you're watching the Cowboys at home? Bring your favorite stadium fare to you. Place your online order for pickup or local delivery every week this season. Check out the menu at attstadium.com slash at home. Make it me. I'll try some of my, try one of my cubby Ritas. I got a Rita for you. I got a Cubby Reed. Delicious. We need a Cubby Reed at. Uh, they need to. You need to sell that at the stadium. <laughs> All right, Mickey. Let's talk DeAndre Hopkins. That was the big move that the 
Cardinals made in the offseason, and uh, Bill O'Brien no longer has a job in the in Houston <laughs> after making that move in the offseason. It seems to be working out well, though, for Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. So somebody in Houston must have looked at the league stats and saw that uh, DeAndre Hopkins was leading the league with 45 catches already after just five games and leading the league with 528 receiving yards. And what caught my eye seeing that when it came to catches, number two, it was Amari Cooper with 39. Uh, And C.D. Lamb, by the way, uh, is the leading rookie. Uh, He's 12th in the league with 29 catches. Uh, And the next rookie was some guy named Chenault. LaVisca! This guy, yeah! Jacksonville. And, uh, and, and then when it came to receiving yards, Lamb is fifth with 433. But Hopkins is a load, and I'm sure uh, Everson Walls has kind of kept an eye on him. He looks like he's awfully tough to cover in man. Hell yeah, that's why he got paid the big bucks. I don't know what O'Brien was thinking. I thought he... I think one of his his uh, this is from a black Twitter. Black Twitter said he black was black Twitter. <laughs> black Twitter, yeah. I, I heard black Twitters out there. Black Twitter, you know, that, that's when you get all the the street logic. You know, they said oh, okay. the, the word from the the word from the streets is o- O'Brien didn't like the fact that D Hop had too many baby mamas. So that's why he got rid of him. He thought that was a bad influence on the team. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. Because uh, right now, sure, he's paying a whole bunch of child support with that new contract he got. Well, and and along the lines of that new contract, uh, you know, there can I'm sure that in Houston, uh, the owner might have had something to do with him not being there. If he's deciding he didn't want to pay that kind of money to a wide receiver, I don't know. That that may have been what led to him the trade as much as anything. I don't, I'm not sure. So that was the just off, the, that just was the, the opposite off the of the Cowboys. That was the off-the-street theory, by the way. <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't want to pay that money. <laughs> well, when you look at it, the Cowboys don't pay their quarterback. Houston does. We pay our wide receivers. They're getting off. He doesn't want to pay his wide receiver. Now you've got a quarterback making all that money with no targets. So how is that working out for Houston? That's not working like, out very well right now. That, that sounds like Jerry's logic about you know trying to hold the, uh, the hold the cost down on the quarterback so he can put guys around him. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But for the Cowboys this week, they're more concerned about the Arizona Cardinal version of DeAndre yes. Hopkins and just uh, just adding. I think the the biggest step that Kyler Murray uh, is making from year one to year two, they went five and eleven last year. They've already got three wins this year in their first five games. I would think that D Hop is the reason that uh, Kyler Murray has made the big step that he has made his second year in the league. Well, yeah, and then you still got Larry Fitzgerald to worry about, and Andy Isabella has been a, a really good pick. Christian Kirk, and, and and Kirk, you're you're exactly right. So. Uh, yeah, they've done a nice job uh, surrounding him with uh, some receiving options. Uh, you know, maybe they saw what the Cowboys were doing with their receivers and uh, said, huh, maybe we need to add something here. So, uh, yeah, they, they've got a nice deal going offensively. 
He's gonna you know he's saying? gonna be I think I think Kyler Murray, he's gonna be surrounded a lot this year, but not with good wide receivers. He's gonna be surrounded by a lot of defensive linemen. Because right now I don't think his O line is playing very well at all. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's down a tight end. Uh, at least they're not playing well at the tight end position. And it's really leading, leaving him with few options. Uh, that's why Hopkins has so many catches. Uh, Fitzgerald, of course, is going to play well into that. But they're weak on the tight end spot. They're trying to get Zach Ertz, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at least considering bringing in another tight end. Uh, their running game is bad, bad, bad. Uh, I think it, that uh, it's going to be uh, them understanding they're going to come out and try and get the, the two tight end running game on us, but it's not going to do well because they just really don't have enough tight ends. The linemen don't block well, and, and they're going to scrap that running game, and they're going to go straight to the passing game. They're going to go straight to Kyler Murray, and, and usually what happens is they just tell him, just go out there and make a play when you can, regardless of what we call. If you can make a play on your own, you do that. And he's been doing that his whole career. Their two tight ends are Daryl Daniels and Dan Arnold. And, but if you look at Larry Fitzgerald's yards per catch, he, it looks like they're using him a lot like a tight yeah. end. I mean, he's yeah, got, got 6.8 yards per catch. 6.8. Uh, so he's, he's running their, a lot he's of those their red zone routes. target for the most part. He's their red zone target when they do get there. Uh, he is their tight end. You're right, Bill. And they've been strong in the red zone. They're in the top five in the league in both red zone offense and red zone defense. So that says a lot uh, for where they are right now. All right, Mickey, I want to yes. ask you, because I'm seeing on Twitter about uh, how Randy Gregory is looking at practice. I think uh, Zeke was asked about him. I'm seeing a tweet go by about that. Now, Gregory would not be eligible until next week against Washington, right? Right, exactly. So he, he had a two-week window to start uh, practicing with the team. Uh, he didn't do much uh, last week, my understanding, other than individual drills, uh, skeleton drills, things like that. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if they integrated him more into the team portion of practice uh, this week. Uh, and then he'd be eligible to play next week. So we'll see what they can, uh, you know, get out of him, another pass rusher. And, again, he's another guy in that same boat as Alden Smith where he hadn't played in a while. The last game he played was uh, the playoff game, uh, the second-round playoff game in 2018, or the, the only – I'm trying to remember uh, which it was. But that was the last game he played, so it had been January of 2019. So it's been a while uh, since he's played a game, but maybe you can get some designated pass rush out of the guy. Um, you know, he's he's probably a little heavier than he was when we last saw him play, but he wasn't heavy enough then, so maybe he's got it just about right. And then you just got to see what his conditioning is. You can do all that rehab work, right, but you ain't pushing against the 300-pound defensive ta- um, offensive tackle. So... Uh, we'll see just what they can get out of him, but that won't start till next week. And the good thing for him is, what does he get back for a game? Is it one game or two? And then the bye comes up, right? And okay. and, and, and so he's going to be sore whenever he gets out there after that first time <laughs> around. 
Would you like a scouting report on him? Ezekiel Elliott was asked about him, and he said uh, Gregory was lights out in practice today. It was really tough to block him. I'm excited to get Randy back. He's got those fresh legs, and he looks better fresh than I've legs. ever seen That's him. Right. <laughs> fresh legs don't last long, Bill. Let's just remember that. <laughs> They're not fresh for long. They're almost as bad as fresh fish, okay? They just doesn't last long. You're going to have to ice them down all you can. He's going to see plenty of ice before it's all said and done. I look forward to him coming back. I, ho- I hope he does well. All right, and uh, Dak Prescott back in the building today, Mickey. Yes, uh, Mike McCarthy talked about how he adds a little bit of electricity when he's in there, and it sounded like all the guys were really glad to see him, so it was the first time back in uh, after the surgery. Uh, You know, his Instagram posts today uh, was pretty encouraging, talking about how he was feeling well. He thanked everybody uh, that sent him a well wishes. Uh, it, it, it was it was so Dak, right? Uh, that uh, yeah, it kind of I think probably put his teammates at ease too, uh, sitting there worrying about him. And uh, so he seemed to be in a pretty uh, good nature, uh, and I'm sure that was good for the team to see. And you know, just to have him around because you know he's going to be there, right? You know, once he starts his rehab, which I would imagine is a couple weeks away. Uh, But again, uh, just uh, his knowledge to be there and help out, encourage, uh, because I guarantee you, and I I had this somewhat confirmed by someone else in the the organization, that part of those tears when he left the field was he couldn't stand the fact that he was going to be away from his teammates, that he was kind of letting them down, that he wasn't going to be there. Uh, and, and that's just the way he is. So, yeah, I'm sure it was good to see him uh, back out there uh, at the start. And you had, to, you had to know that he knew his teammates leaned on him a lot during this tough part of this, this scheduling, the tough part of the season that they're having. Uh, he probably felt that they could, they could only win with him in there. Uh, and I'm sure that's what most quarterbacks think. Most leaders think uh, when they're playing ball. So it's just good to hear the, to see the video. Uh, I did see the video. It's very encouraging. Uh, it's amazing how he can have this, that kind of attitude when, when after what we saw, you know, on TV. Even when I saw him uh, being rolled into the hospital, he's looking at the game, yes, you yes, know. Yes, and the yes. expression on his face was like he was just on the couch having a beer. You know, and I'm like, man, this guy's going to be okay. I'm more broken up than he was. So it's just good to see how, how his spirits are, were there. It's like you said, Spags, what else would you expect from him? That's just the way he's always been. That's why he's, you know, the kind of young man that he is. And, uh, you know, one of the other things about that is, especially now with COVID, Guys that go on injured reserve, I mean, even in a normal year, guys that go on injured reserve, they, they're they not really a part of the team anymore. I mean, they can't be a part of anything. And I think that they, obviously, they are going to make every effort. Obviously, Dak is going to go ahead, even in with the COVID restrictions, and be around the building and be supportive and do what he can to help his teammates out. They're going to make sure of that. Uh, because he can influence things even when he's not playing. Uh, he has such a 
that that positive, confident spirit about him that can that can help out. But that's one of the things when he's, you know, he's he's like seeing his whole the season flash before his eyes as he's being carted off the field, and you can imagine what kind of emotions that would have when you've invested so much as what he had into this. Yeah, you 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 go from being. You know, the game is on the line, right? You're playing, you're, you're involved, you're, you know, you're doing what you were put on this earth to do, and all of it just comes to a halt, just boom, like that. So here you are, shocked from what you see, the injury to yourself, and then the realization that, hey, I, <laughs> there's nothing more I can do for myself. Right now, everything, I'm in someone else's hands. And that's tough to feel that way. I missed only two games when I played uh, in my career. Those two came when I was in New York. And uh, man, you're right. Being on the injury reserve, you're just an afterthought. You know, if you're even that, you know, you can sit around and try and talk to the guys about what's going on, especially during the ball game. And uh, it's, it's, you know, like, look, you're in the way, man. I got things to do. So it's just the way it is. You, you, you want to try and be as uh, you want to try and be there for your teammates. But when it's all said and done, it's not much you can do for them. And that's extremely frustrating. Iron Man Everson Walls. Once you get them in the building, you can't get them out. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jerry Jones. <laughs> Until they start fraternizing with an Arizona Cardinal player. Well, once you fraternize, I gotta be, yeah. they put me down after that. That's the, only right. thing I, the only time I saw the guys after they put me down was on special teams. I was a special oh. teams uh, juggernaut. <laughs> Shouldn't right. have been covering Roy Green after the game. Hey, don't talk about Roy. That's my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. 
If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo quiero, yo quiero guacamole. Back, back to mixed shots. Monster Jam returns to AT&T Stadium October 24th and the 25th. This adrenaline-charged family entertainment features some of the most famous trucks in the world with world-class drivers who push these perfectly engineered vehicles to their limits in freestyle, two-wheel skills, and racing competitions. Get your tickets now at SeatGeek.com. Have you all ever been to a Monster Jam? I have not. <laughs> Everson, you ever been to a Monster Gym? What do you think, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> look I at me, Bill. Do I look like I would go to a Monster Gym? <laughs> <laughs> I did okay, go so to I did go to bull riding though. <laughs> Everson, I, I just stay inside my little box, Bill. Okay, I just stay inside my little box, man. All right, Everson, let me ask you this: You haven't been to a Monster Jam, but did you go growing up? When was the what was the first Cowboy game you ever went to? Nineteen seventy-two. Nineteen seventy-two game. Yes, playoff game: Cowboys versus 49ers. And I recall, uh, I believe the running back's name was Vic, number 22. I okay. think he, ret- he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. All right. And, uh, but we came back and we won the game. And uh, it was the, like one of the first playoff games in Texas Stadium. That's right. It would have been. And uh, I was up there with the Pigeons. <laughs> Which, by the way, comparable to now, that wasn't that high. <laughs> right. Yeah, incomparable to now, but back then it was like, yeah. whoa, what is that? I had no TV, no big screen TV to look at. So Vic Washington, Vic Washington was the Yeah, 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 Vic there Washington. That's Vic right. Washington. So, Bill, yeah, when, was, when was your first? Did you go to the Cotton Bowl? I did go to a, a couple of games at the Cotton Bowl with my dad, and, and that's why I bring it up. Is uh, the first one I went to was an Atlanta Falcon game, but uh, the the other one that I remember going to at the Cotton Bowl was a Monday night football game against the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, and it was the first time the Cowboys were ever on Monday night football. It was in 1970. That was a horrible game. Horrible it was game. A, it was the worst game in Cowboys history at that time. It, and Dandy Don Meredith was up in the broadcast booth because that was his first year. Well, I guess first year basically after retiring, and um, and so uh, you know he was with Howard Cosell in the Monday Night Football broadcast booth. The Cowboys got beat by the Cardinals, thirty-eight to nothing. But what I remember more than nothing. anything. Yeah, nothing. 38 to nothing. What I remember more than anything from that game, though, was in the second half of the game, the Cowboys fans turned towards the Monday Night Football broadcast booth and serenaded the booth saying, We want Dandy. We want Dandy. (laughs) And that's probably when Dandy first started singing, Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> and, and Meredith, and Meredith was, was him. Yeah. and Meredith was asked about that 
uh, during the game, and he goes, there's no way I'm going down there. <laughs> he goes, I'm a lot safer where I'm at. And then the Cowboys didn't lose another game till they lost the Super Bowl. After That's that right. Loss. They went all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, real off a seven straight wins, something like that, and, lost, well, should have won that Super Bowl. That was the Jim O'Brien kick to win it, the fumble down on the goal line that Dave Manders recovered. But anyway. No, no. So, what about the, what about the, uh, the uh, Mackey catch? That's right. That should yep. have been a real ruled incomplete because two offensive players touched it. Yeah. No way that's supposed to happen. Which was the rule back the then. Back then. But you back know, then, my, that was the rule. My first NFL game was at Wrigley Field. It was the Bears and the Detroit Lions. Uh, so it had to have been. 1924. No, no. <laughs> you could have guessed right, and it still would have been funny, right? Uh, it would have been somewhere in the late 60s because Dick Buckus was already playing for the Bears. Uh, and was George middle, Plimpton playing for the Lions? And the middle linebacker for the Lions was, was it Joe Schmidt, the middle linebacker? Yeah, there you we go. Had, yeah. We had seats. Basically, the seats were the first base box seats, so it was behind the goalpost back then at Wrigley Field. And yeah. the, the seats that they had there were basically the folding chairs from the Catholic War Vets. You know, they were just flimsy <laughs> folding chairs. There were no nets behind the goalpost back then, right, you guys? So when it was time to kick something, everybody was standing on these rickety old chairs trying to get a football, right? <laughs> and you had grown people diving for balls over each other, knocking these chairs down. But the thing I remember most was, I think, Dick Butkus with those shoulder pads he had, had to be the biggest human being I'd ever seen in my life. Man. And I was probably 13, 14, something like that, 15 at the most. But, yeah, Wrigley Field, where the end zone to the back wall was to the back left field wall and the other one bumped up against the box seats uh, on the first baseline. You know, Mickey, you know why there weren't nets behind the goalposts back then? Because the goalposts goal were, were on, goal the, goal were on the goal line. They weren't on the yeah, goal line. Yeah, okay, so, so you didn't think the kick was going to go an extra 10 yards? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> they couldn't get it that far. <laughs> um, right, so I, I, I'm just embarrassed that I know who George Plimpton is. Uh-huh. That lets you know how old we are. Did, okay? did you read the book, though? That's what I want to know. Paper Lion. I did yeah. not read the book, but I saw the, the documentary. I saw the yeah. documentary. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I, I think I will point out is the Cowboys have a, a couple. Once they put Dak and Tristan Hill on injured reserve, they'll have like two to three open spots on the 53-man roster. Uh, but again, as we talked about, they'll probably be uh, on you know the Saturday uh, elevating somebody from the practice squad. Uh, it could be a defensive tackle. They like that. Um, was it Hamilton, the defensive yes. tackle? Yes, Darius Hamilton. Yeah, they put on uh, uh, on the practice squad. Maybe somebody like that. So we'll see uh, where they go uh, from there. But I had a question for Everson that I wanted to get in uh, in light of uh, what we're seeing Michael Gallup do with these unbelievable catches. Along, how do you how do you cover somebody like that? Because he's covered, right? And he's going up, not only making the catch, but keeping his feet in bounds. And he was asked yesterday, what are you thinking of when you go up and catch the ball like that and stay in bounds? And he said, well, the first thing is to catch it. The second thing is I've learned to let my feet go dead so he could 
I guess come down close to the to the inbounds uh, and and tap his toes. But how do you? I mean, as a DB, you're right there, and the guy's catching the ball. Well, first of all, once you get down the field, there is no DB or wide receiver. That's just the way you got to think of it. To to me, as far as I'm concerned, that's my ball. I'm not Uh playing defense on him at all. If anything, I'm I'm worried about him playing defense on me. But I like what Gallup said about letting his feet go dead. In other words, all of his concentration goes to to his hands. And he just lets his body go limp. So there's no tightness. There's no tension. You know, it's almost like they say when you get into an accident. Uh, if your body goes limp, then, you know, you're going to come out better for it. Uh, that's just the athletic ability that he had. He is one of the most uh, uh, unusual athletic players I think I've ever seen. Because if you look at him, run his routes, you don't think it's anything amazing about how he runs it. But if you recall, I don't know if you got, you remember the, intercept, the uh, reception he made, touchdown? I think he was coming across the field last year. And he ended up on the other side of the sideline, and he did some kind of, I don't know what the hell move it was. He did like a, a pirouette move, was able to keep both feet inbounds. I think a player was at his feet, and he still rolled over into the end zone. You know, this guy, man, and that's why I said he's going to have a breakout year. I've said it over and over again. Because what you see from him is very few, um, very few targets but he makes the most out of all of them. Uh, and when you look at the game, you can tell he and Cooper's body language was, man, I need, I need more touches. I need more touches. <laughs> and once they got it, both of them were extremely professional about it by coming through. And when you see uh, the, the, the throw by, by Dalton on the sidelines, that was amazing to make that catch, keep your feet in bounds by both, on both sides as far as the quarterback as well. But once again, the way he held his hands, being able to catch the ball like that, that is just extremely difficult. You guys should go out and try to do it sometimes. <laughs> Lean back, just let it throw in the back of your head and just see how much, what you can do with that. You know, to turn your hands like that and catch it, that's something that he's, he's just so good at, and it's not an aberration. That's what I like about it. He does things like this game in and game out. He's going to be our guy for a long time. All right, we're about out of time. I I do want to clarify, that was great insight, Everson. We'll get more of that tomorrow here on Mixed Shots. I do want to clarify one thing before we leave. You mentioned Hamilton, Mickey. Uh, The Hamilton, there's a couple of Hamiltons on the practice squad, and the one you're referring to is the defensive tackle who is Justin Hamilton. Justin Hamilton. Yeah, not Ladarius Hamilton. Ladarius is out of North Texas. He's more of a defensive end type, but Justin Hamilton is a 310-pounder, and so he would be a likely guy that they might uh, call up on them. And and what did we say last week? They called up one from the practice squad last week, number 40, Parker. We're going the next day. Who's this guy? Better, better so, study. Spags, you better missed study that. Spags or, missed that. You did not mention him, Spags. We, we, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, leave on uh, this positive note that the defense, I've noticed, has moved from uh, 30th to 27th. So they're getting better. And the run defense went from 31st to 27th. So they're moving on up. We're moving up, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on up. (laughs) All right. 
That does it for Mixed Shots, and we will see you again tomorrow at 1.30 as we will make our picks for the Monday night game against the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow. See you on Friday. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!